New York Congressman Elise Stefanik made a statement on Meet the Press saying that she was concerned about the treatment of January 6th hostages, as she coined them, those arrested for January 6th and storming the Capitol three years ago, made those statements on Meet the Press. Some feel like this was more of an appearance where Elise Stefanik tried to become a front runner to become Donald Trump's running mate for later this year in the presidential election if he wins the GOP nomination. Joining us now is NC State political science professor Andy Taylor. Andy, how are you? Fine, thanks, Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So uh, what would you think about the appearance on Meet the Press by Elise Stefanik on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I think your uh, summary there was pretty spot on. It does seem as though she might be auditioning to be a running mate um, of a potential running mate of Trump should he win the nomination this year. Uh, She's um, made a kind of transition over the the past sort of six years or so. Uh, She was seen as a kind of young up-and-coming star within the um, House Republican Party when she was first elected. She's a district, upstate New York, pretty rural district. She's kind of considered as a moderate. Um, and then she really sort of got on Team Trump. Um, she has become conference chair of the, of the House Republicans uh, following the ouster of Liz Cheney that you'll remember occurred just after um, January 6th when Cheney decided that she would join a committee that Democrats were putting together to investigate what happened that day. Um, and... Uh, Trump has said that, uh, and others around him have said that they think that uh, he he would name a woman on the ticket. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she's she's putting herself up there um, to be to be one of those candidates. Why do you think he will not consider? He already said that he won't consider Nikki Haley. Why do you think that is? Well, she's running against him. Um, I don't. I I suspect that Trump's mind could be changed. Um, it, you know, if if he felt that was necessary, I don't think he really uh, stands by some of the things he said in the past. To, he's flexible enough to realize that if she could be a significant asset for him, question is, would she do it as well? I mean, you, you got to. It takes two to tango, and she would have to want to do it as well. And she obviously worked for him previously as UN ambassador, um, but there are a number of other sort of women in the in the broader kind of Trump circle who who would be plausible candidates, including governors like um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, of course, who was a Trump press secretary in the uh, in the previous administration. Uh, Christy Nome of um, South Dakota is someone who's often talked about. Many people thought that she might even run for the nomination. Um, so there's there's two two prominent women who are sort of broadly in the the Trump circle who um, come with the kind of bona fides perhaps that Nikki Haley has. Unless Governor Haley has a, a you know, a, a really good primary season and, and pushes push, pushes Trump and becomes a clear, let's say, silver medalist um, by um, um, pushing out um, Governor DeSantis into, into second spot. Going into Iowa um, a couple of weeks, actually it was just last week, where Nikki Haley uh, caused – uh, concern and, and perk some ears up when uh, her answer regarding what caused the Civil War was not thoroughly answered in the minds of some, and she had to backtrack on that. Did that end her presidential hopes, do you think? 
Oh, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think I think she's still um, as much as anybody else, uh, possibly even more than Governor DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis has a has a chance of of preventing Trump from getting the Republican nomination. Um, she has been doing pretty well in the, in the polls. Again, there's this considerable dis- distance between Trump and the rest, but she's been narrowing it, particularly in New Hampshire. Um, which I think the Haley campaign feels is a, uh, how she has a better shot to do well there. I'm not necessarily saying win, but do well and, and to eat significantly into the Trump advantage there than she does in in Iowa and New Hampshire. The New Hampshire primary, of course, is the the second of the contests. Um, she'll have a real D-Day in South Carolina, presumably, um, which is the third contest and. That is her home state. Uh, I don't know whether a loss there would end her candidacy, but certainly a, a large loss would be really bad for her. But you know, think, things could could change. I, I, I mean, I don't think that in itself ends it. Um, but uh, clearly, despite some momentum in, in recent months, uh, injection of cash and uh, important endorsements, she's still got some way to go to to to. Uh, really have a a strong chance of preventing Trump from being the nominee. Last week, President Biden came out aggressively against Donald Trump, not making any assumption that, uh, really assuming, he did assume that uh, President Trump would win the GOP nomination, saying that this is a man who does not care about the United States. He's not in this election to win, uh, to help the country. He's in it to smooth his own ego. How forceful and how strong of a point do you think that the president made last week? Well, he's previewing, I think, some of the lines that will be used during a general election campaign in which Trump is the Republican nominee. Um, you know, the, the and, and obviously, you know, there are people who agree wholeheartedly with that thesis. Uh, the problem for the Democrats, if Trump is the nominee, is going to be convincing um, people beyond those who are already going to vote for Biden or really have deep animus towards Trump, that that is true. Um, it certainly, I, I think, is is a message that um, the Biden campaign is going to use, that it's about Trump himself rather than about policy. Um, interestingly enough, I, uh, it's my uh, contention, and I think there are others who share this, that on policy, um, Trump and Biden are probably a lot closer together as the Democratic and Republican candidates in presidential election than we've seen in a couple of decades, uh, you know, with regards to issues like trade, increasingly with, even with regards to issues like immigration, industrial policy. Um, and Biden as a sort of more pragmatic uh, kind of New Deal type Democrat, rather than one of the one of the newer breed of Democrats, there is some over, overlap there. So, um, and Biden's approval ratings are low, so he wants to not only not make it about policy, but he also wants to make it about Trump, who of course is also uh, has pretty high disapproval ratings. Um, it's, I don't know whether it's going to work, but it's certainly going to be a line of attack that we're going to hear, uh, I think, repeatedly during a campaign. 
Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting. He spoke today, did President Biden at a church in South Carolina. He was interrupted by protesters uh, regarding the Israel-Hamas uh, situation in Gaza, and um, uh, that led to him having to basically quell that situation as best as he could. Andy, it's always great talking to you. It's great to talk to you for the first time in 2024, what will be certainly an eventful year. Dr. Andy Taylor is with NC State, political science professor. Thank you so much, and we'll talk again. Look forward to talking to you some more here in this new year, Andy. Okay.